The holiday season is here and it's super easy to forget the basic things like making sure your hens and roos have their grublies on tap for their grublies happy hours and they're not about to run out. But Grubly Farms has you covered. They have a subscription program that allows you to have full control on when you schedule your refills. You also save 10% every time. They always ship free and if you need to skip or cancel you can do that quickly and easily. So order your chickens, the official chicken snack of the We Drink and We Farm Things podcast by going to grubblyfarms.com. Trust us, your chickens will be clucking about how thankful they are for grublies, and you can use code DRINKINFARM to get 20% off your first order. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, (laughs) Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What'd you open over there today? So I opened a Great Lakes Christmas Ale. Ooh, festive. It is. It's extremely festive. It's one of my favorite traditions for the wintertime and the holiday time. So I thought this was a great episode to enjoy it on. I love it. So what did you open over there? So I opened a Founders Blushing Monk. Mmm, that's a Rattler, isn't it? Yes, and it's dangerously, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like 9.2% alcohol by volume. Mm-hmm. So this is a sipper, Yep. but it is a Belgium-style ale fermented with raspberries. Mm-hmm. Heavy on the raspberry taste, and it's really good. And it's pink! Yeah, it is. Or reddish. So it's very seasonal in its looks. Yeah, it's a delicious beer. It's so good. Very good. <laughs> this is dangerous because mm-hmm. it's tastes so good (laughs) our drink peep for this dive bar is our friend ashley kiernan and she is at ashley kiernan over on the instagram so cheers lady cheers and speaking of traditions today we're gonna talk about some interesting winter traditions that you may not know about so we've been talking a lot about different traditions in our straight no chasers with all the different holiday plants that you encounter. We've talked a lot about Christmas traditions in the past episodes. So we're going to dive into some other ones today. Some of them are winter. Some of them are Christmas. So we thought it would be fun to share some of these maybe non-agriculture traditions in today's dive bar. Yes. And, you know, one of the things that can make traditions more memorable is doing stuff that's kind of outside of the box. So if you're looking for something interesting to add to your repertoire of family traditions, this is going to be a great episode for that. (laughs) Yes. So the first one is a shoe toss. Ooh. So on Christmas Day, Czech women throw a shoe at their house to determine if they'll get married in the new year. What? So... Yes. So the key here is all in like how the shoe lands. If it lands with the heel facing the house, the woman can expect to be single throughout the year. Really? 
Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yes, I do enjoy that. So if you're enjoying the single life, don't throw a shoe at your house on Christmas Day, apparently. Yeah, but if you're... Especially if you're Czech. <laughs> curious about what's going to happen in the new year, go ahead and flip that shoe and find out what yeah. the shoe has in store for you. So yeah. I take it if the toe faces the house, then they're going to get married that year. I guess so. Like you're leaving your own house and going to a different one, maybe? Oh. Maybe, maybe. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I have some, I believe I have a Czechoslovakian background, so I feel like I should probably know more about this, but I don't. <laughs> this is the first time hearing of it. And I did not do this when I was single, so. Okay. Fair no enough. No experience. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, the next one is from China, and this is the Dangxi Festival. And it is a Chinese festival that celebrates the arrival of the winter solstice. And it is related to the philosophy of yin and yang. So mm. according to the Chinese, yang symbolizes the positive, and yin is the negative. The positive things will become stronger after the solstice, because longer daylight hours, and an increase in positive energy that is flowing in. So families celebrate by gathering together and enjoying a large meal, which includes dumplings, in part because of this ancient legend, and that is that a sympathetic physician fed the poor homeless people of his town dumplings to keep their ears from getting frostbite. And so because of this legend, some of the dumplings that are served during this meal are shaped like ears, but I kind of think dumplings are ear shaped to begin with. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. The next one is probably my favorite. It is Ursul, the bear dance, not the beer dance, (laughs) but I'm sure they might drink beer when they're doing this. I would. So yeah, me too. In Romania, carolers dress in bear costumes and dance on New Year's Eve in order to drive away evil spirits and help enrich the soil for the new year. Even though the bear costumes look scary and sinister, it's actually a time of joyful celebration and a rich tradition passed down through the generations. Like, how fun. Like, I'm sure this is also like a like a bar crawl situation, too. Yeah, I mean, everyone just like... Dressed up in bear costumes. <laughs> yeah, like, or even just like bear onesies, you know? Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, that would be the best. <laughs> and Ursul is actually one of the constellations. It's the bear constellation that's in the sky. So it might like partially be where some of this comes from. Um, it's really interesting to see the overlap and how things come to be the more we mm-hmm. learn about this stuff. So it's cool. Meyer Hatchery was founded by Karen Meyer in 1985. Karen was a young mother raising her family alongside her husband on their dairy farm in Polk, Ohio, with her small flock of chickens as her hobby. The hobby flock grew into a small business. Family support and hard work put the business on the path to success. Over 35 years later, the Meyer family are still proud owners of the industry-leading hatchery that offers over 160 breeds of poultry, including chickens, ducks, geese, turkeys, guineas, and game birds, plus a full line of feed and supplies. Check out their website at MeyerHatchery.com, and you can get $5 off your online order when you use code DRINKINFARM at checkout. All right, our next tradition is the Feast of Yule. Yes. Yay! We talked about the Yule log last week on the podcast. Mm-hmm. 
So we already know some of the history, but the custom of lighting the Yule log started with the Feast of Yule. And as we talked about, it was the winter solstice festival that is observed in Scandinavia when fires are lit to symbolize the heat and light of the life-giving sun. And the Yule log was burned on the hearth. I always say that word wrong. (laughs) In honor of the Scandinavian god Thor. So the log was never allowed to burn out completely, and it was kept as a token of good luck. And then it was used as kindling to start the following year's log. I feel like we got a little more uh, information in this to follow up. So this is like a tiny follow-up corner, I guess. In other European countries, the Yule log was burned until nothing but ashes remained, which were collected and spread into the fields as fertilizer every night until Twelfth Night, or they were worn around the neck as a charm. So burning of the Yule log, fun one to add. Yes, it is. The next one is Yelda Night. This is a celebration of the winter solstice celebrated in Iran, considered one of the most important celebrations of the year. The word Yelda means birth, and the festival is a celebration of the longest, darkest night of the year. Ancient Persians believed that evil forces were dominant on this night and the next day belonged to the Lord of Wisdom, Ahura Mazda. Family members gather together and eat, drink, and read poetry all night. Watermelon and pomegranates, which symbolize the circle of life, are served along with nuts. It's a fun combination. I like this (laughs) tradition. Eat, drink, and read poetry all night. I mean, it just sounds like a good night. (laughs) Watermelon, pomegranates with nuts. That sounds pretty healthy. Mm -hmm. It does. All right, the next one is Saturnalia, and we talked about this one, just touched on it a couple of times in other things that we've discussed. So Saturnalia was an ancient Roman winter solstice festival that was held in honor of Saturnus, the Roman god of agriculture and harvest, and it began on December 17th and lasted for seven days. It was characterized by the suspension of discipline and reversal of the usual order. So this is like a chaos festival. Ooh, fun. Grudges were forgiven, wars were interrupted, and people engaged in carnival-like festivities. Some of the festival's customs have influenced our present-day Christmas and New Year's celebrations. All right, so the next one is Krampus Run in Austria. (laughs) (laughs) So I knew about Krampus, but I didn't know about this running part. I I I thought Krampus was just totally made up i no. <laughs> did not realize that it came from something i literally thought someone was like hey let's take a halloween and christmas and smash them together and make them terrifying <laughs> uh, which if you've watched the newer krampus movie it's campy enough where you might think that's what they're doing Okay. But apparently, Krampus comes and visits children, but unlike Santa, his visit is not welcome. No, because he's terrifying. He, yeah, he's a little <laughs> bit of a creep. I feel like Krampus would be the guy in the white van that says, like, free candy on the side. Ugh. Yeah. Krampus seeks out only naughty children to punish them. And if he finds a particularly naughty one, he takes that child away with him in his sack. Oh, no. See, free candy. Yeah. <laughs> Only the naughty kids are going to fall for that one. 
apparently. But the celebration comes when people dress up as witches and devils and take to the streets, carrying torches and causing mayhem for the annual Krumpus Run, which is designed to scare the devil out of people. Oh my gosh, that is... Sounds pretty effective to me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this sounds like another winter tradition that requires drinking beforehand. (laughs) Drinking and costumes, and I'm sure there's food involved. Look, if there's a costume, sign me up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love a good costume, too. Like, Uh, maybe we should plan a trip. (laughs) Yeah, we need to plan a trip where costumes are involved, because they're amazing. It's so fun. (laughs) Yes. All right, our next one is The Hiding of the Brooms, and this one is from Norway. People hide their brooms on Christmas Eve before they go to bed, and it's because it was believed that witches and other mischievous spirits stole brooms from households to ride on Christmas Eve. So if you didn't want these spirits riding around, you hid your brooms so they didn't have a vehicle, which is kind of (laughs) cool. I'd let them have my broom just that I didn't have to sweep anymore, but that's just me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we have one broom here, I think, but mostly rely on our Roomba. So I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if they would steal the Roomba and ride around on that. (laughs) That would be amazing. They wouldn't get around very fast, but, you know, it's better than walking, I suppose. For sure. All right. Our next one is Night of the Radishes, known as Noche de los Rabanos in Oaxaca, Mexico. Residents engage in a three-day festival beginning on December 23rd. That includes carving vegetables, specifically oversized radishes, to look like the nativity and symbols from Mexican folklore. Farmers began carving radishes into figurines as a gimmick to attract customers' attention during the Christmas market, and it later turned into a competition and today attracts thousands of visitors who want to see the veggie creations. Oh my gosh, radishes would actually be an excellent medium. For carving, yeah. when I think about yeah. it. I have oversized radishes in my garden. They're still growing. Now they're like, I don't know, they're like this big now. And you would think that they wouldn't be any good anymore, but they're still totally edible. So I'm still pulling them out and eating them. It's an awful lot of radish to add to a dish. Sidebar. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> since I've been using those and cutting them up, I can see how like one day someone was like, this is excellent. I can totally make shapes and faces out of this. Let me whittle a radish for some attention. I yeah. Like I like it. I like it too. And it probably smells nice. I mean, I yeah. like the way radishes smell. They're kind of sharp and earthy. I didn't grow any radish, but my husband did for his deer. Oh, oh the deer eat radish? <laughs> yeah, they like the green part, I guess. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, so he's mixed all kinds of stuff out there. It was some seed mix specifically for like deer plot situation but he pulled some of them and gave them to the rabbits and the rabbits really liked them too so watching the rabbits eat it i could see how that would be a pretty good medium to use too okay cool i'll have to tell jared about this food plot idea we just have a like a corn thrower yes he uses (laughs) corn too he's and there's this stuff called like deer cocaine or something too oh my gosh (laughs) he uses that i don't understand any of this yeah me neither i just let him do his thing yeah (laughs) it's not my thing i sleep in yes in the mornings that's me (laughs) same z's as the weather gets colder those creepy crawly little bugs are probably starting to hide deep in the litter in your coops and barns that's why we use first saturday lime on our farms first saturday lime is the strongest and safest pesticide alternative on the market 
It will not burn you or your animals, yet is strong enough to repel insects and dry up their eggs and larvae. Her Saturday lime can also be used to freshen up your coops and barns. It soaks up the stink and helps extend the time between cleanup. Go to forsaturdaylime.com and use code DRINKINFARM at checkout to get 20% off and free shipping. All right, the next one is actually one that I'm a little more familiar with because Ohio State does it before the Michigan game (laughs) every year. And it's a polar bear plunge or dip. So usually they do it into Mirror Lake, but I think they like have put up, you know, like fences and stuff. I think somebody died one year, so they are like trying to not let people do this. But anyways, polar plunges are held annually in January throughout many parts of the Northeastern United States and Canada to ring in the new year. And participants brave often sub-zero attempts and plunge into a nearby body of water, quickly foregoing wetsuits. Oh God, it's so cold. It sounds so terrible. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and the events are usually held to benefit a charity or bring awareness to a cause so so that's good like the one before the ohio state game it's you know because it's the big game my friends recently did one because they had a pool put in and it was just finished so obviously like they don't get to use it for the summer because it's december now but they did a polar plunge just to you know celebrate it's done and this summer they get to use it so it's exciting that'll be so nice (laughs) Yeah, I think I went to Central Michigan University, and I think they did one too, but I'm not sure if it was linked to a game or not. Okay. But yeah, so I'm familiar as well, but I just have too much sense and don't like being cold. (laughs) So I've never participated, and I don't know what would motivate me to participate other than maybe like, I don't know, like a million dollars. Right. Yeah, I don't like being cold either. (laughs) I think about that all the time. You know, people have all these hobbies where they're willing to be uncomfortable and cold for long periods of time. And I'm just like, I don't want to. <laughs> no. I had to get my scuba certification in March Ooh. one year. And that was really cold. I was not happy that that was when I had to do all my dives. But I did survive. It was fine. And it was fun, like, once I was in there and moving around. But, yeah, yeah. it took, like, all of my energy to even get myself yeah. to get going. <laughs> all right. So our last one for today is pickles on the Christmas tree. Yes, and I do this one every year. Yeah, I mean, I did not grow up with a pickle on a Christmas tree. We don't have one now. But maybe I could pick up that hobby. So let's dive into pickles on Christmas trees. So households in the U.S. and Canada tend to decorate their Christmas trees with pickles, like an ornament, not an actual pickle. Mm -hmm. The origin of this tradition is disputed, But one story claims that during the Civil War, Private John C. Lower was captured and taken prisoner. Starving, he was given a pickle to eat on Christmas Eve, which saved his life. So he started the tradition of hiding a pickle on the tree each year. That's a valid story. I could see that. But like a pickle, like that's five calories. That's just rude. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I like a pickle. So me too. At least it could be worse. There is another theory that is linked to an old tradition in Germany called, oh God, why didn't I look this up beforehand? We knock, I'm not even going to try guys. We knock skirk. That works. I will put, I will copy and paste it and put it up on the YouTube video so you can look at it. Yeah. (laughs) The pickle was the last ornament hung on the tree and the first child to find it got an extra gift. So that's kind of fun. 
Yeah. I like that. That's how we do it at our house. Yeah. Yeah. But the extra gift is always a family gift. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's smart, though. I like that idea. Others suspect, and this one's kind of negative, that it's a marketing ploy by Woolworth and company to to sell more pickle ornaments. Like, then why wouldn't you just, like, stop creating pickle ornaments if it's not going so well? Did you have, like, bulk pickle ornaments? And you're like, well, shit, now I'm stuck with all these pickles. Right? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, The way we do it at our house is, yes, it's the last ornament hung on the tree, One child hangs the star and the other one hangs the pickle ornament. So whoever doesn't put the star on the tree puts the pickle ornament on. And throughout um, the season, they take turns finding it and hiding it. (laughs) But the last one to find it on Christmas morning or Christmas Eve gets to open the family gift that's under the tree. So I need to pick out what our family gift is. Sometimes it's a like a small trip that the family is going to take. Oh, fun. Other times it's like an activity for us to do together. So like, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before that we got like that ring fit game, you know, like for the switch. Oh yeah. Cause like that's something everyone can do and use stuff like that. So I like it. Yeah. It's a fun, it's a fun tradition. And I bought two of the pickle ornaments and I switch off each year, which one I put on the tree because when the kids go off and have their own Christmas tree, I will give them each a pickle ornament and it will oh, be so the pickle smart. ornament that we use on our tree. So they both feel special because they both are the yeah. actual pickle ornament that we use on the tree. That's so smart. I, we had my stepkids this weekend and generally they're not around when we decorate the tree. Cause I'm a stickler. Like I need my tree up the day after the Thanksgiving and sorry about it. If you're not here, there are certain things that I I'm not willing to compromise on. And some people might think that's selfish, but it's just what I do. So they were here for the first time to look at the tree and they were like playing with the ornaments and taking them off. And I'm like, cause once I place them, like, <laughs> no. So they were like playing with them and they dropped my favorite one, <laughs> but oh, luckily, no. luckily it didn't break. Okay, good. But I, when it, they dropped it, I was just like, you know, that's my favorite ornament. Please put it back on the tree. <laughs> You didn't lose my shit. But anyways, that every year, and my mom did this, every year she would get us ornaments. So since I've been married into this family, I give them an ornament each year. So maybe I'll have to do the pickle tradition through like their teen years. Yeah. And next year I'll get them pickle ornaments. So you can have a couple years of doing that. I think that's super fun. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And I love the tradition of buying an ornament. Every year. We always buy one for our family vacation for the year. Oh, I like that too. But this year, our family didn't go on vacation. What did I put? Oh, I, Jared and I. Do you have King's Island's ornaments? You know what? Oh, um, I'm actually kind of surprised that we don't. We do not have a King's Island ornament. And we went to Winterfest this year. I don't know why I didn't buy one. But I'm going <laughs> to now because we really should be buying the King's Island ornaments because that's like one of our family traditions. Yeah. King's Island. Our ornaments this year are from New Orleans. So I got one Ooh. from Whitney Plantation, which was one of the things we did while we were there. And the other one is one of the masks from Mardi Gras. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Yeah. So... Tell us about your guys' interesting traditions for the season. I'm a big fan of traditions because I don't really have any, like, from my family growing up. So when I had kids and started doing my own things, like, I'm very tradition-oriented about, like, 
every holiday that we do. Mm-hmm. So I always have something. But share yours. That way we can all share ideas. And maybe if you're not a tradition-oriented person, you can find one you know that you like that speaks to you and you can start something new in your family. So that's it for interesting holiday traditions. We hope you enjoy this dive bar. And if you did, please hit the subscribe button and download the episode. Even if you're all the way through it, it's not too late. That's a great way to help out the podcast for free. And we appreciate when you do that. And be sure and leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. We're going to start reading those reviews again in the January episodes. You'll be entered to win a monthly drawing for an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will not be in the shop. And an alternative to leaving an Apple Podcast review is calling one into our phone number. We won't answer the phone. You can leave us a message. The phone number is in the show notes. And do us a favor and share that you're listening to us in your Instagram stories. And if you tag us at Drink and Farm over on Instagram... We will send you a promo code just for that episode. That'll give you a percentage off in our shop. And make sure you take a look at the show notes. You'll find links to our social media, our merch shop, and the article that we got some of these fun ideas from and some other cool things. So that's it. That's it. And we're almost to Christmas. Christmas is upon us if you celebrate. Buckle up. (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up for the sleigh ride. Oh, I love it. I need a sleigh. Yes. And snow. (laughs) So until next time. Drink. Farm. And and give zero clucks. Bye now. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink.